2: of the Steelers post game show. This is behind the steel curtain editor, Dave Schofield hosting tonight as Jeff Hartman is taking care of getting everything ready for the website. For those of you coming to behind the steel for the day after the game and the and this time now after the game, Jeff's also getting ready for his let's ride. You guys are going to be ready for those winners and losers tomorrow. We need to have him to have some time for that. So filling in for Jeff, we have one Kyle Christ. Kyle, you still doing good with us?
3: I'm loving it. This is okay. uh, this is the pick-me-up after the game.
2: Yeah, there we go. And, of course, our <laughs> podcast producer, Brian Anthony Davis. Brian, what do we have for us?
0: As always, glad to be here. And as I wrote in the article, Jeff Hartman is on assignment. He's on assignment, yes. His <laughs> his
2: assignment is, we want, let's ride. Um, before we get rolling here in the defense, Steel, Steel Dog Idiot gave us another $2 into the tip jar saying, is Snell holding a roster spot for Ant-Mac? That's a good question. You don't know what's going to happen when these players come back. I'm kind of, I was watching the game with Jeff Hartman because I was in one of the few places that was not scheduled to get this game. What's interesting is a lot of the national audience, if you weren't in the Pittsburgh or Green Bay area, but yet you were getting this game, you might have not got to see the game until the first to the the last second of the first quarter. Was that yeah. the case with either of you guys?
3: Yeah, CBS, dude. There's nothing more. Uh, arcane and outdated than these TV rules. You know, they'll put a double box to show the Geico commercial, but they won't put a (laughs) double box to show Ben's 400th touchdown. You know, it's like, go back to the 16th century CBS.
2: Yeah, they, they would not switch over until the overtime game between the New York Jets and Tennessee Titans was complete. Um, even a lot of people with Sunday ticket could not get the game. Now, Jeff was able to get the game where I was with him because we weren't scheduled to get this game. We ha- we could only go, and same with Brian. So, But I'm sitting there um, with – with Jeff watching this game, because I at least wanted to mention that about a lot of people that missed the first quarter. There was not one single commercial break during the first quarter because guess what? If they didn't switch over where everyone was watching the game, they weren't going to waste their valuable time of, <laughs> of, of making that money from the ads and have those people complain. So we had a complete first quarter with no without commercial break. It was insane. But while I'm watching with Jeff, he was saying in the situations where we saw – Benny Snell. We actually had a a Kalen Balage sighting a couple snaps in there, (laughs) but he was Jeff was saying, this is the situation where you would want Anthony McFarland. This is where you would want him in here taking a few snaps of the game. And he's like, what's frustrating is we don't even know what the injury was that put him on the IR. We don't. I mean, there was some speculation, but they never really announced what it was, and he did not start the window this past week. We don't know if we're ever, what we're going to see with Anthony McFarland. But hey, We've, we've talked about the offense, you know, we'll kind of wrap up a little bit more with the offense there at the end, but now we're going to get to the defense. So to get to the defense, to, 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 to break this down, let's just look, I don't want to get too much into it, but let's, let's first go with the, let's go with the run defense. Just, just to do it. Um, The Green Bay Packers, they rushed the ball 33 times. So they rushed the ball more than twice. what the Pittsburgh Steelers did, but when you are ahead in the game, you have a tendency to do these things. They also rushed for 131 yards. They had a 4.0 average. So if you take away Benny Snell's carry and pretend like it didn't exist, like most Pittsburgh Steelers fans would want to, the, the Steelers actually averaged more just looking at Najee's carries than the entire Green Bay Packers uh, rushing, but they had Aaron Rodgers, you know, three carries for two yards, um, one of which was a touchdown. I think the other two was, might've been a kneel downs. I don't know. Um, Then you had A.J. Dillon had 15 carries for 81 yards. Aaron Jones, 15 carries for 48 yards. That's definitely splitting The carries there, Um, so the Steelers gave up 130 on the ground. We'll we'll start with Brian. Brian, what what's your thoughts on the Steelers' rush defense this week against Green Bay?
0: Man, I I'm always on the bandwagon of the rush defense, and today, and I said this at the beginning, and we had the super chat talking about uh, you know why aren't you? It's all on Ben and. Why are you not talking about the defense? I thought the defense was horrendous too. If we were given grades, I would not be giving very good grades whatsoever. This was a game where, gosh, they stopped the Packers once. They held them to field goals a couple times. Holy gee, they could add twenty-one more points, possibly, or well, not twenty-one, but they could have eight. I'm trying to do it in my head fifteen more points there on that game. So this could have been very easily forty-two. To seventeen, so you know they st- they uh, weren't stopping anybody. Aaron Jones, of course, is a good back, but they were good. I thought the defense was getting shredded everywhere. There was nothing uh, when they had when they were in the red zone, and I'm talking about the Packers or I'm sorry, in the t- trying to get into the touchdown zone. You know what was happening? This team, there was no confidence that they were going to stop anybody on defense, and this is the first time I felt like that all year.
2: All right, Kyle. What's your assessment of the rush defense?
0: I mean, you know what, what? What?
3: What? How? What can you add to that? They, 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 they. I guess gap assignment was probably lacking. It seemed like, uh, you know, I don't know if that's the inside linebackers, but man, it just seemed like everything was seven or eight yard chunks. You know, we uh, it, it, it we held to some field goals, but uh, I mean, gosh, the the running game was just porous and. I don't know what I don't know what, you know what I'm not an Nexus nose guy so I don't know but it looks like when you got people like louder milk and uh uh-huh. you know 93 in there it's not necessarily uh-huh. the same as you know Vince Williams and uh you
2: know Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to I say? Know <laughs> I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I'm I'm going to say this coach Tomlin did say in his post game press conference that they did make some sacrifices in knowing how they were going to defend the run game in order to try to better defend the pass game. My thing is, did you really, if you made those sacrifices, did you really succeed in what your ultimate goal was? Did they actually, you know, really help with that, with that pass game? But we weren't seeing what we've seen from the past with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers, where the team tries to run the ball and that first contact is behind the line of scrimmage. We weren't seeing that like a, a flashes of what we had in 2020. Whenever whenever you would, it seemed like every time the their opponent would go to run the ball, someone would be there. In the backfield, but there would also be three or four other guys there to clean up the play. Even if they didn't make the tackle, you make the hit, you slow them down, you make them change direction, and everyone else is there to clean up the play. That wasn't, didn't seem like that was really. Um, what, what the game plan was. We got another five dollars, um, in the tip jar from Grayson Brown that says, Seemed like the defense is gassed by the second quarter. I know they played poorly, but it seemed to be put in terrible situations and no belief in the offense. I will say this about the defense they were put in bad field positions. They really were. They, I mean, they were. You, you had it, it seemed like after the Steelers scored the opening touchdown. Green Bay comes out, gets a few first downs, but has to punt. But what do they do? They put, they pin the Steelers deep. The Steelers didn't get a first down. Then they punt, and the other and Green Bay's already got the ball around midfield. Then the next time they had the ball was on the the Ben Roethlisberger fumble. They had a short field. So early in the game, the defense was had a lot, you know. Green Bay didn't have to sustain nearly as long of, of drives, it seems like. But then later on in the game when Green Bay did have longer drives, it seemed like they're starting off every every drive with a 20-yard play right off the bat. So um, it, it it just seemed like that's what it was. Evgeny Crosby with another 499 in the tip jar says, the Steelers needed to change the momentum of their season, and that blocked field goal return would have been it. But these darned officials. Um, we are going to get the special teams here. As we get through this defense. So let's go ahead and let's let's look at the passing numbers. Um, the, the Packers had nine first downs rushing the ball, they had 13 first downs passing in all. Uh, let's let's go specifically, and I'll say what Aaron Rodgers' passing statistics were. He was 20 of 36 for 248 yards, two touchdowns passing, and he had one rushing. He was sacked three times with uh with a with a 95.6 passer rating um so that let's look at the pass defense that we'll, we'll we'll do the pass rush separately let's look at the secondary first of just that pass defense when looking at the Steelers they had three passes defensed in the game um and one was by Joe Hayden one was by Joe Schobert, and one was by Isaiah Loudermilk at the line of scrimmage so it, it's not um it's not like they were all over things back there. Just overall Steelers, Steelers pass defense, you know, not the pass rush. Uh, let's Brian. What, what would you think of that today?
0: Man, I tell you what, I really like the, uh, those two that we're talking about by the Joes, you know, those were, those were nice plays. Those were nice pass breakups. They were important, but they weren't enough. That's two. And you need a whole lot more than that, and you're just not getting it. You're getting a little bit more extra um, help for the secondary from the pass rush this week. And you knew it with getting those guys back and Highsmith and Watt. But as far as uh, defending the pass, that wasn't happening. But you're playing against a Hall of Famer, and he was shredding you. But And you expect that. The defense. I mean, we could we could actually uh, see some silver lining with the defense, but I just didn't think it was good enough today. Aaron Rodgers or not, Aaron Rodgers.
2: All right, Kyle, What, what do you think of the of the of the past defense secondary wise?
0: Well, you know, first, if,
3: like hey, like Brian said, you're up against Aaron Rodgers, so in some of those throws, he was it was on the money, and you know, just like Derek Carr in the past and. It, it, it will say it I'm sure all throughout the season when, when these guys are putting professional passes on the hands of their guys, it's, I mean, it's not much in some cases, there's not much you can do, but you know, and we've always kind of been a bend, but not break kind of defense. And we, we again, the, 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 big plays like I, the, the touchdown uh, where um, they went across Edmonds like that, you know, that, that was obviously a flaw in the coverage Um as much as I love Joe Hayden, I saw him kind of get shaked <laughs> out of his boots uh, once or twice.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, you know, as 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 they were saying on Fox, man, that guy is quick, but he doesn't have the speed. Maybe I don't know, but um, and and some of the success that we had in in the pass coverage uh, was responsible because of the pass rush. So of course, yeah. that always goes hand in hand, but. Yeah you know you know it was it was probably av- maybe an average performance in, on a team where we need kind of flawless performances right now
2: yeah i understand what you're saying you know they were they they were going up against the great aaron rodgers if we want to say that but i i would also say this if if you're a player in the secondary you could come up on first down and have a pass uh, you know, a pass defense knock knockdown. You can come up on second down and have a pass defense knockdown. But if you get burned for 25 yards and give up a reception on third down, you just lost that set. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. exactly what we see here. We see, you know, Schobert made a nice play, but there was another times where other times where he didn't. Joe Hayden makes a nice play. There was other times where he didn't. I mean, he, he really recovered well when he was burnt with that tight end going down the field and and got back. Luckily, the ball was a little bit underthrown. But that's kind of how things have to go with the secondary. I mean, and that's the problem with relying so heavy on your defense is that your defense could be absolutely shut down lights out for so much of the game, and it only takes one play to where it's just done and you've given up seven. You know that's that's the thing. You can do so many good things over and over and over again until then. I missed going over the the, the tackles when we talked about run defense. So I want to make sure I at least give them there. Um, there was three players on the Steelers that were tied for the league in tackles. This is according to, their, to the Steelers official media guide website. Um, um, Cam Hayward had had eight tackles. Joe Schobert had eight tackles, and Mika Fitzpatrick had eight tackles, which. You generally don't want to have your free safety having to make a lot of tackles. Uh, Terrell Edmonds had seven tackles. Um, Devin Bush was six. Joe Hayden with five, along with Alec Highsmith, Wormley, and Watt with four. Arthur Millett, who I thought, you know, did a pretty decent job when he was in there. Three tackles, two of which were for loss, okay? And then there were several other players with, with two and one. Like Bugs had two, Ingram, Sutton, Pierre, and Mondo all with one. But if you want to look at specifically at the pass rush, the Steelers had three sacks in the game. There was one by Devin Bush, two that went down by TJ Watt. Now what was interesting about those two sacks, one of which upset the Green Bay fans very much because they there was originally there was going to be a tripping call. The other sack by Watt was where Aaron Rodgers scrambled, gave himself up, and Watt was the first one there to touch him. But I will also say that the Steelers did have eight quarterback hits in this game, where on the on the flip side, the Steelers gave up two sacks and, and gave up five quarterback hits. So they had more pressure than what Green Bay had against the Steelers' line. Um, before we get into that too much, let's talk about that tripping call. Uh, Brian, what was your thought on that? Do you think... Because the heart of a tripping penalty isn't that you trip somebody up. If, if you do something and they get tripped up, that's one thing. If you intentionally stick your foot out to try to trip them, that's the penalty. Do you think that was warranted in that case?
0: Here's the thing. Um, I wanted to say this. I was waiting, waiting to talk about this, and, and you talked about the nature of the two-watt sacks. So let me just throw this out yeah. there. These are not going on as highlight reel. <laughs> these are these are these are two unseemly sacks, I uh, you know, Tony Romo. You can say what you want about him. I disagreed with him on this one because I did not. It did not look intentional to me, That's not me being a homer. It just did not look intentional from that one angle they showed. It looked like he stuck it up, but you know, limbs go. All around the place, Green Bay was going to cry about it, but they weren't gonna cry about another play that uh should have that went their way. Yeah, and and we'll talk about that. So, I mean, of course, you're always going to have that. I need help from on this one. I didn't think it looked intentional at all, and you could say, Brian, you are wrong, and I have no problem you doing it. I mean, I don't
3: know. I kind of look at this like pretend that you're uh Columbo out there. (laughs) And <laughs> I love it. You got to look at the evidence. This guy is getting that he's in a he's in a one on one matchup with a professional uh, offensive tackle, and in that we're in a battle of leverage and strength. And that he's going to stick out a leg where, did you're guaranteed that's going to snap an ankle uh, nine out of ten times, either from a quarterback falling over it or the you know the lineman pushing you a weird way. That just seems like asking for an injury uh for to be in an, in an intentional trip there i don't know
2: yeah, I, and that's the whole heart of the rule. I saw someone else in the live chat. I was double-checking, making sure we didn't have any super chat, said said that's kind of a dumb rule anyway. But I understand what the rule's there for, because it is to protect both protect players on both sides, that that could be an injury situation. But that did not appear to be what was going on here at all. T.J. Watt, was he was focused on up high, going for Aaron Rodgers, reaching past the defender. He couldn't see where Rodgers was. His foot happened to be there, and Rodgers hit it causing his own foot to catch on his calf and fall down because his foot, I couldn't even tell if it got caught on TJ's foot or even just stepped on TJ's foot. There was no way that TJ intentionally picked his foot up off the ground and stuck it out for Rogers to trip on it. That's what the tripping rule is supposed to be. This definitely was not the case. Uh, they were right to pick up that flag. Um, uh, but if I had to pick between that and another flag that we'll get to very soon, I wish they would have picked up the other one. So, real quick, pass rush, Brian. Um, in general, I know I know we talked about specifically the tripping. What what do you feel of the overall pass rush this week?
0: Much better. Real, I mean, it's mm-hmm. back. It's yeah, you're also dealing with. Aaron Rodgers, but somebody mentioned in the and li- uh, the live chat about the fact that the the offensive line was completely banged up for for the Green Bay Packers. And I, I still think even in his advanced age, Aaron Rodgers is elusive, but they should have probably been after him a whole lot more. You know, you get three sacks, but remember, two of those sacks were not menacing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have I thought he could have been hit more and, you know, hit him eight times. But with that offensive line, they could have done so much more. It is back. It's on its way back. It's nice to see because last week that sack record had no chance to live. And you saw it go down because they had nothing last week. So you're seeing some semblance of the Steelers' defense getting back to fine with those guys. But on this night, they needed so much more.
3: I, you know, i I might be a little, I might be a little pessimistic on the pass rush. You know, we did see, compared to the last two losses, we did see a little bit more. But man, I will tell you, it still seems like fifty six and eight and even ninety seven today were were pretty invisible for parts of the game, and uh, they're not always gonna uh, affect you know a drive or the outcome. But uh, I would have liked to seen a little more. As as coach says, a little more splash.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I'm going to say because you guys know I'm I'm a Cam Hayward guy. When it comes to '97, they are throwing. They know how good he is, and they are throwing so much at him. The other guys on the defensive line and the other you know and edge rushers, they've they've got to make teams pay for having to account for Cam Hayward the way they do. If Cam Hayward's getting double teamed, other guys have to win one-on-one battles. End of story. I don't know how often Cam was getting double teamed. It just seemed like every time I focused on him, he was. So uh, that's, that's just, just kind of was. And I don't know if you guys noticed this. Did you realize that that through the game for, for, I don't know how long they did it, and they might not have done it consistently. They might have kept switching. Do you ever notice TJ Watt was on the other side of the formation some? He was on the right side at times. I don't know if they were trying to get Watt and Hayward more lined up so you couldn't double T one on one side and one on the other and then do one on one everywhere else. I don't know. But that was just something interesting they were doing. I think that the uh, the pass rush was definitely improved from last week. But if you would have taken, if you take last week out, you know the the infamous thing you sometimes do when you're when you're calculating an average and you're like, oh, how is this average different if we throw out the 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 best and worst value and and do it otherwise? If you throw that bad that worst value out from last week, then this was probably your worst performance of the season. It just doesn't. Seem as bad because it was so improved from last week, and I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying it wasn't. It still wasn't what we've come to see from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, anything else on the defense? You guys ready to get into this special team talk? Actually, I (laughs) I
0: do want to say one thing. I want to agree with Dave completely on uh, what he said about Cam Hayward, except for one thing. Dave, I don't know who is not. A Cam Hayward guy, and if you're not a Cam Hayward <laughs> guy, you're a, you're a Cam Hayward girl. If you're not, a, if everybody <laughs> looked, you everybody okay. loves Cam Hayward, and I yeah. I know, I I agree with you one hundred percent. I think if you looked at a defensive player of the year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, just on the team alone, you know, you're going to look at the sacks, you're going to see what he does, and you're going to go towards T.J. Watt, but I think the heart of that defense remains to be number 97.
2: I think you're exactly right. I'm actually going to skip one of the super chats we have just to go to another one to come back to that super chat. Hopefully I can get this all figured out. Right. And that's because Wilson Pava I'm going Pava until he tells me otherwise um, says Cam is the heart and soul of the D even if TJ is the best player out there when the uh, when the D is out there for 10 minutes or more, the, um, the, O it's hard. Or yeah, more than the O, it's hard to be good, and that's something that I noticed. Sometimes it was frustrating to not see you look in in a key situation and you don't see ninety seven on the field. That you know you're seeing, you know ninety two and ninety nine out there, and you're just like, "Don't we need?" But he can't. You can't ask him to be out there every play, and that's that's one of the things. If the if the offense holds the ball more, you can get those guys out there, and then if they, you know, if it's a three and out. Then your guys are are out there for the whole time, but let's let's get back. I want to back up here because this is the, what we all want to talk about. Real, real quick, just before go ahead, go ahead, a go
3: good point was that that defense was literally on the field for an, almost an hour, yeah. uh, consecutive of of uh, real time between the you know second and third quarter. There, right? Yeah.
2: The the. It was was it the field goal? Was it the long field goal? And then coming back like, from half. basically the last five minutes of the first half and then forever of the second half. Um, you're exactly right. But let's let's talk about a different field goal. <laughs> five dollars from Thanksgiving Joe. He's like, uh, how how did he's like, how did you see the field goal block? I thought we got hosed on a bad call. I'll be honest with you, anybody other than someone wearing some obvious green and gold goggles. Is there anybody that we're going to find out there that believes that that was the correct call on that offsides? Brian?
0: That was perfect timing on those guys, Mm -hmm. on Joe Hayden and Minka getting in there. Um, You're right. Nobody besides the cheese heads, the uh, cheese curds, the cheese... Doodles, whatever you want to call them, nobody is going to go ahead and say that that was not a hose play. They got hosed. Call the firehouse because you need if you need more hoses. You want to know where the hoses are? They're at Lambeau Field with the referees.
2: I I I thought all the hoses were were at the Beehive, but anyway, Kyle, go ahead. (laughs) Um, Follow that up, Kyle. <laughs> well,
3: you know, some of us here are old enough to remember the time before instant replay, right? Of uh and, and the reason we have instant replay in this game is so that we get the games right. And that's always more important than anything. Um if, if who cares if it's gonna be a three and a half hour game? What's ma- what's important is getting the game right. So and something as easy as an offsides the fact that that can't be challenged, uh, the fact that this was a scoring play, which, you know, in most cases uh, is challengeable, but because this is a... A penalty, yeah. Because this is a, you know, offsides, that can't be challenged. It goes against the spirit, really, of bringing replay into the game in the first place, which is to get the game right. And this wasn't a situation where, uh, well, you know, it would have... The outcome of the play wouldn't have mattered. You know, this was... Uh, we saw the outcome you know we blocked it, we scored, and then we went back and did the flags. and uh, you know it's just a it's it's kind of just again, it's the, these are TV rules you know they're TV reasons for these rules and it's just a shame because uh, this is this is the outcome and and, and, it's, and how, how many games are decided by weird plays like this, not just for the Steelers, but every week across this league? you know it's like we got to get it right.
2: I will say this. Yes, that was a 10-point swing. And yes, the Steelers lost by 10 points. I am not saying that that, that we would have been dealing with an overtime situation of it being you know, 24 to 24, because that's what it was. This game would have been played out completely different. The Steelers would have been doing stuff because of the way the score was. The Packers would have been doing stuff different because out of the score was. But you know what I would have loved to have seen? I would have loved to have seen that game. I would have loved to have seen that game played out in that way, the way that it should have been played out because that was – would have been the right call for that to be the touchdown. I didn't see the flag actually get thrown by the official. I heard some commenting that it came out a little bit late. It almost seemed like it wasn't only it was thrown until they're like, wow, they got in there so fast. There's no way they could have been in there without being offsides. I'm sorry. That's not how it works. That's not what you're calling. You can't say, wow, he got there so quick. He had to have been offsides that's not how you officiate the game because when you do you're going to get calls wrong like they did it stinks it's terrible but everything that happened that both teams did from that point was completely different based on the based on Green Bay finishing out the the half with a field goal rather than giving up the touchdown we don't know how the entire second half would have played out but a boy would I have loved to have seen that 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 play anything else either one of you want to say about that Kyle, you it look just, like great you know enough. it's just it just
3: makes the stomach even turn even more because then you see after the fact people like Gene Steratore only mm-hmm. confirming what everyone knows and it's just and it's almost like you know let's And the CBS crews themselves did the best job about not bringing that up again mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the game but just you know the insult to injury when you see someone like Gene Steratore who I know is in a TV role now but it's like come on it, we all saw it.
2: Yeah, and I want to say something about that, because for those of you that might not you know, follow social media as much as some others do, Gene Steratore was not willing on the air to say that it was a bad call, but he was very willing to go on Twitter and post the video and say that was a terrible call. You know, so it's one of those things that they, you know, these networks can't come out too much about saying things like that. Um, but that's just kind of how it was. You, you, when he was given the opportunity on his own, not under the CBS banner or logo to say what he wanted to say on his own social media, he did, and he didn't hold back, um, Anything you want to say about that, Brian? Because we do have one other thing I want to talk about with special teams.
0: Yeah, I agree 100 percent on all of that. I did not know that about Sterator, but my question yeah. to you was, what was going through Jefferson Hartman's mind? Because I would have loved to have heard his analysis, and that's something that we're missing out tonight. No offense to Kyle; he's a lovely, <laughs> he's a lovely villain. But I mean, that's something with Jeff that I would have loved to have heard. Because uh, what was he saying to you when that happened?
2: We were screaming and high fiving, only to be <laughs> like, "Oh, don't tell me they're going to call." You know, but when it happened in the moment, because two guys were in there, and like I said, they called Joe Hayden, and it was Mickey that blocked it and scooped it and did everything he had to do with no time. Um, when they when they did it, you're like, "Well, it kind of makes sense that they blocked it that easy that they would have been offsides," and then you go back and see the replay, and you're like no, they weren't, no, they weren't, no, they weren't. So that was even what was growingly frustrating into halftime is that you're like, well, you know, sometimes I bring it right back to what game, what, what was the infamous Brian? I I know we're running over a little bit here tonight, but uh, why can't I even remember the year? It had to be 2018 when it was the infamous, um, Chargers, John, Bostick, talking- John Bostic on Keenan Allen. They get yeah. it set up. The Steelers block the field goal, and they get called for offsides. Only to later see. They weren't offsides. They timed it perfectly. If you time it perfectly, they're going to throw the flag because they think that you sh- couldn't have timed it perfectly.
3: When you're you telling me I've seen robots dance at halftime shows this weekend, but we can't get a laser to go across the line of scrimmage that can give us a <laughs> give us some kind of bleep or something that goes off before
2: yeah. the snap. Well, and it also doesn't help the way that they're snapping the ball now. How many times could maybe these guys even be called for an illegal snap because they are moving the ball before they are firing it back to the holder. They're lif- they're they're lifting it off the ground to then snap it, which I guess technically is it legal, but once they move the ball, the defense is allowed to go. But even with that slight movement, I still think that they still wouldn't have been offsides. Basically the way it's laid it out I was like the only way they were offsides on this play is if they were actually flagged for lining up offsides. That's the only way. And not only could we not get a laser down the line, what about a camera angle down the line? Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't even get that in the national game. In the national game, you could not get a camera angle down the line on a field goal? I mean, come on. How many cameras did they
0: have out there?
2: We should have had that one. Brian, you do you need to chime in anymore? You good?
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, CBS's camera work this year, I've complained about it every week for the last three weeks on so many different things. And now, I... I cannot get, I've seen robots dance um, out of my head. Now I'm thinking in my head to fire and rain. I've seen yeah. robots dance.
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, I've, I've often said, I'm like, why is there not a, why is there not a tracking chip in the football to know if it's going across the line of scrimmage? You know, all, you could put it anywhere in the ball, just knowing where it's going to be and, 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 and laying it out the, the length of the ball you know, we have the technology. It's a billion, you know, a, a, is it a hundred billion dollar business? I don't know. It's a billions upon billion dollar business. And we can't figure that kind of stuff out. There is one other thing we have to talk about with the special teams because we have it as a super chat. Brandon dollar $1.99, says, <laughs> fire the punter. What do you guys think about the punt game?
3: Oh, you let's know, go,
2: let's, let, let's go Kyle here.
3: The, 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 the one the one punt was pretty uh, atrocious today. Now, and I think that he was under pressure. I'm hoping that maybe he had to do some kind of maneuver, but
0: uh, it was also I mean,
2: try, it looked like he was trying to draw a penalty. Honestly, which oh, is okay. which is part of what a punter's supposed to do. But the problem is he he went to the ground and they didn't actually hit him. So he was he was he 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 wasn't going to be standing on stage for any award. The rookie was not going to be to say you know and and you know wanting to thank the academy or the the Hollywood Foreign Press. That was not going on. He didn't get the Joe Nedney Award this week, um, but he tried. (laughs) You know, it it seemed like Mm -hmm. so. I because I I want to throw a number out to you before I let you finish up, Kyle, and that was three punts for hundred and two yards, thirty-four yard average with a long of 45 so anything else you want to say about the punting
3: you know there was that one break spot where i think we pinned it at the five in the fourth but that was yeah not enough not enough of
0: that yeah brian well i'm glad you mentioned those stats to me because you're everybody's going to think that i'm contractually obligated by jeff hartman not to bust on press harvin but i did not my eye test, he passed the eye test. I really did not notice that it was that bad. How did you miss the, the – I mean, he had his punt only went
2: to their own 40-yard line. Set up a – you know, set them up on the short field. That one was bad. I In this one, you know, I'm watching the game with Jeff. For the, I know a lot of people would say they'd love to watch the game with Jeff. But I turn to Jeff. I'm like, he did it again. I said, what, that? I'm like, he buried it. Not B U R R I E D, he B E R R. Oh, <laughs> why? Oh, he Jordan buried it, you know what I mean? That's the kind of punt that he had, and you know what. The difference I see, though, is much like I see comparing the offensive line this year to the offensive line last year. When you have a young offensive line with a lot of young players, you're like, I understand if they're not good, they just need to be trending in the right direction. You have a rookie punter. You need him. If he's going to have a punt like that, you need him to trend in the right direction. When you've got a guy that's punted for you for six years and he shanks a punt like that, you're like, is this going to be the norm now? Because he should have had plenty of time to work it out. Am I crazy or am I crazy? No, I will take that. Okay. You
3: know, he's but you know uh, Boswell though is ki- killing it. So at least he's getting the holds right.
2: Yeah, and honestly, it as, as much as I even pointed out, Christian Kuntz, he was down there twice on punts. You know, I you know he either had made the tackle or was close to it on one, and ended up being down there to down when they were down in that punt inside the five. But it wasn't the greatest snap on the fifty-two yarder. Um, and, and press got it down good. And where he banked where Boz was able to bank it through. You do have to say that 52 yarder banked it through. We'll take that, you know, keep, keep having Boswell not be the story is really nice when it comes to special teams. Um, to, to finish up here, I, I know, I know Brian podcast producers, are like, come on, Dave, let, let's roll, <laughs> but we're going to do some final thoughts here real quick. Brian's used to this. So I'm going to let you right, go. first. I think you're doing great. You know we're going to let him go first, um, but, but so that way Kyle has a couple minutes to, to 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 think about this since it's his he's the he's the newbie. Final thoughts on this game and moving forward here. Bye.
0: All right, this is knee jerk because I'm never given up on this team because I don't give up. I I've if I was here in, if I was alive in 1969, I would have not given up when they won the first game of the season and lost the next the next 13. It did net you, Terry Bradshaw, and that's great. But I'm not feeling that way. My friends that are saying, all right, they might as well just lose the rest and get the quarterback. No, I cannot do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm still holding out hope every single week that this team is going to come up with something. But there's a part of me that is fighting the urge to be Rocky Balboa from Rocky Four in Las Vegas, when after he's done dancing, Apollo Creed is dying and he has the towel like this and he's like shaking it and they're like, throw the towel. Dude's going, throw the towel. And I'm like, I'm kind of like this. And we're trying to, I'm looking for angels in the outfield, angels at Bad's house to pull my arm back so I don't throw in the towel, but give me something, Steelers. That's all I'm asking. Ben Roethlisberger, give us something because where it where it starts and ends is with the passing game with Ben Roethlisberger completing those passes. It's a completely different game. Was this a winnable game? Not necessarily, but possibly, but those passes, those errant throws stopped everything, but I'm still here. I'm still here. There needs to be a Hallmark card for somebody that is just hanging on to a sports team. I think maybe I should write those and make some money.
3: This is my this is, right, is my uh, this is my bottom line. Is you know we are we got four of our next five games at home. Uh, it's it's a seventeen week season now, and seven teams make the playoffs. So you know a you're talking about no I'm
2: kidding a five
3: hundred a five hundred record isn't you know still isn't out of our question even here at one and three. Wait a
2: second. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> hey, you can still drop that tie.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, a uh, a nine and eight season is still within reach. I think nine wins gets still gets you in. Um, you know, even uh, even though we got some great teams in the conference this year. So you Look at that Western Division. It looks like all four could make it if you, if that's even possible. But uh, there's still a lot of season left, and We'll, you know, we'll know more at the end of this home stretch. And I, you know, this was one of the few games where we were not in it in the fourth. And I think this will be the outlier, not saying that we're going to win out, but I still think there's a lot of competitive football yet. And, uh, you know, we still haven't played the Browns. We still haven't played the Ravens and, you know, we saw Denver take its lumps today. I, you know, I still think that we're in the mix. Yeah, I'm, I
2: am I I see what you're saying. I'm going to take it a, a little bit different way of saying it, but I ultimately, ultimately think we are saying the same thing, and that is this. We can talk about can the Steelers get to X amount of wins? Can the Steelers get to that? I said it last week. The Steelers need to get to two wins, <laughs> and then they need to get to three. And then they need to get to four. Don't don't worry about looking down the road and seeing where they can find find the wins. Because you know what, the Steelers team now might not be the same Steelers team that we're looking at in Week Eleven. Then just like their Week Eleven opponent, which pulling the week numbers out like that, I know who they play in order, but I would have to calculate that out. You know, I do.
0: Los and Angeles it's, Chargers.
2: Okay, the, the Los Angeles Chargers might not be the same team in Week Eleven that they are now. That's the way it works. So, bottom line is that the Steelers need to win their next game. End of story. And then, then once they get win two, then you move on from there. And the problem is, is that we're dealing with the rough patch now. Remember, we dealt with the rough patch to end the 2020 season, and nothing is out of reach for this team because, as you can see. Uh, a couple plays here or there, they're really close. The bad call on the block field goal, the two different passes to Juju Smith Schuster, one of which was a touchdown. The other would have been a, a big play, maybe breaking for a touchdown. It's hard to say. I don't know how fast the guy was that was closest to him. You know, if you get those plays that the Steelers aren't getting, this is a this is a different game. This would have be been a victory and not a defeat. You need to get those every week and rather than worrying about, "Oh my goodness, will the Steelers have 8 wins when they take on the the Kansas City Chiefs and so who cares? You need to worry about the next week. That's what we need to to focus on as Steelers Nation that, "Hey, just go get the next one and get get the ship going in the right direction, get it right. It could happen at any time, even if our confidence isn't it being there, but all it takes is getting that next one. Now I am going to throw one other thing out there before I really send it off. I'm taking a while for my final thoughts. Cause I didn't feel like I'd said as much during the whole show today as I normally do when I go on rants, trust me, <laughs> at least they didn't screw up their timeouts. Okay. <laughs> but According to this was reported by by Brooke Pryor of ESPN that according to ESPN stats Ben Roethlisberger was the first quarterback in the in the last twenty years of where them keeping track of this in the NFL that completed two fourth down passes in a season that went for negative yards. <laughs> last, one last week, one this week. where you threw the ball, completed the pass, and went for negative yards on fourth down. OK, there's things like that that kind of, you know, that can frustrate us to no end as Steelers fans saying this is why the ship can't be righted. But you could also look at all the other things that I that I mentioned as to how they could be. You need to get it together, play a complete game on both sides of the ball. And the best thing you can do is to try to is to do your best to get it fixed for next week. With that, I'm going to th- wrap that up here with us tonight. Um want to um thank Kyle for joining us. Kyle, you brought something to us tonight that Jeff Hartman can't. <laughs> Sunlight? What? Hair? <laughs> okay? so we wanted to thank you for that with Kyle with the exquisite. If you're not if you're listening to it, it a podcast um form, yes, trust me. Kyle has the hair that Jeff does not. But thanks for joining us. Brian, thanks for being here. Make sure that you are checking out behind the steel We will have all kinds of breakdown from this game and everything moving forward each week. We're not going anywhere, win or lose. Everything's still going to be there behind the steel curtain.com as well as our podcast platform, the shows, we've got this weekly schedule down to a T. We also have some guest spots going on. Brian does a weekly uh, guest spot on a radio show that we have on our podcast uh, platform. I did a, it's not a weekly thing, but I did a guest spot, um, on, on a show Friday night. That's on our podcast uh, platform. Um, I can, it's a show called the diehards. I was kind of honored because their guest the night before was Ryan Rossillo And then yeah, the following a, night it was me. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> cool. Okay. I'll do it. So you can go to our audit where you can get any, where you get podcasts. The most popular one for us is Apple podcast. You go there, you search for Steelers. You're going to see us right there. Click on it. Subscribe. You'll get the notifications that they're there. We're going to keep bringing the content. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to keep taking the field. Brian, anything else you want to say there?
0: Yeah, you were talking about the podcast platforms. Remember, you know, special guests might show up every once in a while. We had Chase Claypool a few weeks back. We had James Harrison this week. Uh, You never know. This is VTSC is becoming the place to be. It's the clubhouse.
2: It's the clubhouse. Love it. That's a great way to say it. Great way to end it. The Steelers aren't going anywhere. They're going to take the field. We're not going anywhere. We're going to keep bringing it. Uh, We will see you. I actually, I hopefully I won't see you next week on the post-game show because I'm hopefully be, be traveling home from Heinz Field, but I'm sure Brian will be here. Make sure you're checking out what Yin's talking about on our audio-only platform on Friday to check out um, um Kyle and Chris. right? That's Chris, right? That's uh, kind of, Greg. right? Yeah. Greg. 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 No, Kyle Christ and Greg Benefit. Yeah, well, I don't know that's how I messed that up and uh Brian with just you can see Brian tomorrow night on the hangover uh me Tuesday night on the Scobro show and both Brian and I on the Steelers preview this Thursday but um more than anything hey it's one and three. And I just want to keep keep reminding everyone, how many times did the Steelers come this close to the playoffs where if they could have even been 1-3 and to start the season, they would have made it? There's still hope. I know the odds are low. They've just got to get it back on track. But, hey, this is what we're here for. Uh, well, thank you. And as I'm going to say it every time. Go Steelers.
3: Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.